Welcome to Go Pilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Sometimes, shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and given that second chance, might just sway your mind. Here we take that chance for you, and let you know our opinion on if a show deserves more than one shot. I'm Justice, alongside me is my co-pilot Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight entertainment this week will be Dash and Lily. Before we get started on Dash and Lily, I want to let you know, I almost said the other thing, like even though I spent like a minute clearing my brain and getting our intro put in, I almost said the other thing. Of course, of course you did. But also, welcome to the third episode for our Christmas co-pilot special. Technically like fifth. We did a bunch of episodes in December. Yeah, but we hated Sand Inc. so much that it didn't feel like Christmas stuff. So instead, we went with Dash and Lily, what was originally our first pick, but then we were like, here's a brand new show. Santa Inc. was so bad it ruined my entire Christmas vacation. It was bad. It was really bad. Anyways, Dash and Lily is literal perfection. If you don't believe me, ask Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, people really, really like this show. Which honestly doesn't surprise me because it's based off a book series by Rachel Cohn. Con, I, I Cohen. Don't know, Cohen? There's no E's though. It's just C-O-H-N, isn't it? I thought it was C-O-H-E-N. I don't think so. Okay, well, I and can check. David Leviathan. Leviathan, yes. It's Leviathan. There is no additional A. I know that for a fact. And they're both good authors by themselves, but they often co-author things like Naomi and Eli's hmm. No Kiss List. Rachel Cohen, you're right. Okay. There's no E. Rachel Cohen then? Con? I don't, I don't want to say her name because there's yeah. no E. Uh, th- there's, there's no additional vowel there. Like, so I feel like it's Cohen, like Co- uh, I don't know. And then the letter N, Cohen? But they've done a lot of great work together. And so I was expecting this series to be good, given the fact that the other two adaptations I've seen of work from either of these have been good. And spoiler alert, not wrong. If you've seen Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, that Michael Sarah movie that for some reason most people seem to have overlooked, that was a David Leviathan novel. And Rachel Cohn, they were both on that. Yep. If you've seen the, I think it was on Netflix, I think it was on Netflix. Naomi and Eli, Eli and Naomi, one of the two, like that. It's a No Kiss List, which is also on Netflix. I think not as good of a movie, but that's also by these two, I believe. I don't or, think I've or, seen that one yet. Or it's just David Levin, but I think it's both. And then. Strictly just for David Lover, then there's the movie Every Day, which is also good. Which I haven't seen yet. I didn't even know how to movie until we were watching somebody stream the other night and they mentioned watching it. Yeah, I mentioned it to you before, but... On the flip side, they didn't know it was a book, so I feel A-okay. Anyways, episode one is entitled Dash. Should also be mentioned, this show is from 2020 on Netflix. Yes. So, just leading with that, it's from from two years ago now. Really, it is more from like a year ago because it's not like we're in December of 2022 already. So weird that we're in 2022. Year of the co-pilot. Happy 2022, people. Two, zero, two, two. Yeah, this is the year of the co-pilots. Yeah, but this isn't the day of co-pilots. That'll be next month. Yeah, in February. Two, 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 two. two, We we get two two, days in February. We get O two, O two, twenty two, and then we get O two, twenty two, twenty two. Yes, exactly. Look at all those twos. We should do something special, but I can't promise we will because this month is already... We probably won't! This <laughs> December has been a killer every month. Let's get on with Dash and Lily, though. It opens with some narration in a bookstore. A uh, girl is talking about how it's Christmas time in New York, and if you try, you can find that one special person to spend your life with. And she's leaving a red notebook in the bookstore as she yeah. narrates. It's a nice opening panning shot because it pans along these books when she's like, imagine a red notebook, blah, 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 blah. Imagine love. Imagine New York City. Remember when we said every Christmas movie either takes place in New York City or is in a small town? 
is still true, even though it's not a movie. <laughs> true, true. Very true. I mean, most book series by these people take place in New York City. Yeah, I think they're from New York. I don't know. Kind of like how the woman who wrote Susan Collins? Nope, that's not her. Uh, that's the person who wrote The Hunger Games. I thought who I was thinking of, though. Is the you think the person who wrote The Maze Runner books? Not Maze Runner, either. The one with four in them. Mm-hmm. Divergent. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't remember her name. Mm-hmm. You, you read the books, though. Divergent is literally the name of one of the books. I refuse to acknowledge those books. Like how all of her books are set in Chicago. Thank you. Thank you for like, you You know you know who it is. I don't know the name. I don't. But you're just being a dick. I, I don't know the name. Let me let me check real quick. I think I'm wrong. I mean, yeah, but you kept saying you didn't know what I was talking about when I said Divergent. I honestly didn't say first. Yeah. Huh? Okay. What's her name? I don't know. That's not even what I looked up. You're the worst. <laughs> you're literally the worst. You said you were going to... Anyways. I said I had to check something. I didn't say what it was. No. You literally said, let me check. <laughs> I said, I didn't say that. I said, let me check something. I'm going to stab you. Because Suzanne Collins made me think of Harper Lee Collins. I was like, that's the person who wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, right? I checked that. I was right. I could have told you that. Anyways, while she's talking about how great Christmas is, we get the words December 17th on the screen, and then we switch to a mill perspective. Isn't it 18th? 17th. And he's talking about how Christmas is terrible. All the forced cheer, the couple's mistaking holiday spirit for love. He's drunk just overly cynical. Can't remember the words to the songs. Yes, because the transition between these two was Lily is walking through because that's that's how it is. Obviously, we don't know that yet. Title character. We we have a voiceover. There are two names in this fucking show. Obviously, the female one's going to be Lily. And who says Dash can't be a female name and Lily can't be a male name? You're right. I could be wrong. You're entirely right. You're spoiling. Oh no. Anyways, so she hears carolers, and then we use that sound of the caroler singing as a transition to Dash. That's right, that's his name. We do know that's his name now. Thank you. And he's just cynical, and he hates Christmas, which I I understand. Yeah, but he's cynical and hates Christmas because he's been burned by holiday romance before. Um, We don't get that here. Now who's spoiling thing? No, we specifically do because he says, in couples mistaking holiday spirit for love, I've made that mistake before. You read a skip to line in my notes. Imagine. Imagine coming at me. I mean, you're wrong most of the time, so it's not hard. I'm not. Also, we find out his mother has left him in New York essentially by himself. We learn this immediately after he stops briefly to look at the carolers, gets bumped by someone, complains about getting hit with tinsel. Yeah. Which he acts like it gets everywhere, but it, it doesn't. Because unless you're like maliciously destroying like tinsel, it's kind of hard to because it's just long strands of plastic attached to more plastic. I don't know. Every time I've touched tinsel, I've ended up with tinsel strands on me. Never. Never has that happened to me. I mean, it also might be because I have like fidget responses and I have to like pluck at things. That'll do that. You're literally <laughs> pulling it off of there. Like I said, you would have to pull it off. So girl bumps into him. He complains. And then he gets a text from his mom. And his mom says like, I'm going to Hawaii. Yeah. With my new boyfriend. Going to Hawaii. Yeah. And he's like, mom left me at my dad's for Christmas, but I'm not upset about it. Yeah. And he's like, because I have a place, a haven that I can go to this time of year. Some bookstores have to like do hot chocolate things and learn how to do Christmas gimmicks. Christmas gimmicks. But not the Strand. The Strand is just a bookstore and that's all it is forever. It has lights set up inside. He's he's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) He's just wrong. Inside the bookstore, Dash is... Kind of the worst type of customer ever. Yeah. Okay, so Karen's are worse, but Dash is pretty bad. So at first in the introduction, I don't think he's too bad. He walks up and he's like, hey, this book is misshelved. And then he explains why it is misshelved, where it it should go, and is kind of just rude about it. Like, at first when it's just like, hey, this book is misshelved, I'm like, 
Cool. They'll probably have a card they can just let on. No problem. Also, it's probably on the shelf because people suck. And somebody probably picked it up. Yeah, exactly. Why are you assuming it's on the shelf? Why are you assuming it's the guy's problem? Like Because people suck. Yeah. But then he finds a notebook on the shelf and he's like, Oh, this is also on the shelf. And he only takes that up to the desk as well as like, hey, this is nope. all you you missed a part that's fun about that interaction though. Oh yeah. So he's explaining that this book's in the wrong spot because the author has two last names, so it should be going by her first last name, which he's not wrong. And that it's actually a biography, so it shouldn't be in the fiction area. And the guy's just like, hey, Kate, if you ever want a job here, I'll remember this. And he says it in a way where I can't tell if he's like, hey, you're really good at like... Knowing shit? Knowing where books go? Or if he's like, hey, if you ever work here, make your life fucking miserable. Yeah, and it's great. I can't tell if it's a threat or if it's like, oh, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll put a good word in for you. Yeah, and then he finds an unlabeled red notebook on a shelf. And the notebook is entitled, Do You Dare? Yeah, so he's just like, oh, this is also in the wrong spot, and takes it up to the info desk guy. But the info desk guy is on a phone call, and so Dash kind of opens the book and starts looking at it and realizes it's not a novel for sale or a book for sale in the store. It's literally a notebook that somebody left on the shelf. Yeah. And it's got a cipher in it, and it says stuff about figuring it out, don't use your phone, yeah. so on and so forth. And the first clue involves French pianism. Yes. So he goes to talk to the guy, and the guy's just like, no. Look, I, I said I I told her I wouldn't help anyone with that. And he's just like, ah, so she's a she. And he's like, no, I didn't say that. that. He's like, thanks for the help. I didn't help you. So he's trying to figure out what French pianism is, eventually goes to the music section, and then finds French pianism, which is just a book's title, on the top shelf because it's one of those big, heavy, awkward books. And the note says something about heavy reading, so he's like, oh. So then we find out that it's a cipher. It's just a book cipher that he has to figure out. Yeah, it's technically a version of an Ottendorf cipher. Yeah, it has page numbers and word numbers, and you find the correct book, find the page number, find the word number, plug it in, and go. Yeah, it's just a bit more complex because you have to find different books based off hints. Yep. Also, at this point, I just want to note that this means that this is officially a romantic comedy ARG, or an ARG romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. I'm here for that. Yeah, no, it's fun. Do you know how much I love ARGs? Like, even, like, the ones that nobody's ever actually solved, solved, like Cicada. Yeah. Like, this shit is, like, fucking... I was even excited about the Fortnite ARG they did that, like, <laughs> five years ago. You know what And I hate Fortnite. And the Gravity Falls one. Yeah. Where they had statues of Bill Cipher. ARGs are the coolest shit. Anyway. So, a thing I'd like to note here, because going into this, we get kind of, like, a little montage where he is voicing over it, but where he's hunting down clues. And this obviously set around Christmas time. And the majority of the music for both these episodes is a lot of Christmas music. But it uses it well in the scenes. Like, it has the right fill. Yeah, it's like how Hawkeye used Christmas music without being overbearing in its Christmas music. Exactly. If you haven't seen Hawkeye yet, it's the second best Marvel show on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. WandaVision's still number one for us. Yeah, I- I've not heard anybody say that it isn't the second best. I've just met people who think the first best was in WandaVision. And they're all wrong. <laughs> but anyway so he runs doesn't run because he's not oh, an absolutely I, I horrible wanna... person but he rushes through the store to find I've more also notes. noted at this point when we figure out that this is an ARG romantic comedy yeah I've also noted this is already infinitely better than Santa Incorporated ah yeah yeah and that's six minutes into the episode that'll we, do it we paused here three times I know it's six minutes yeah so he's looking for more clues and this first book has two clues in it and then she's the voice from lily because when he reads the notebook it's in her voice whatever yeah and she's like let's make this harder so now one book one clue and the next book is fat hoochie prom queen and here is the thing that i found a bit amusing and also is pretty good advertising for their own shit this book is next to a series of unfortunate events and shadow and bone which are both shows that have netflix adaptations so there's that 
However, what this does mean is this bookshop is indeed horribly shelved. Yeah, because how does Shadow and Bone go next to Fat Hoochie Prom Queen? Also, how does it go next to a series of unfortunate events, given that you're sorting by author, which you generally do, and Lemony Snicket, and uh, I can't remember her name, but it does not end with an S. Do not go next to each other. Her her last name starts with a B. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Both novel series, though, are fantastic. If you haven't read a series of unfortunate events, go give it a try. It's... A series of unfortunate events has got a lot of dry humor in it. Which is fun. And it's it's a different... I don't think I've ever read anything similar to a series of unfortunate events. I've Lemony, read some, but not much, really. Lemony Schnicket, not his real name, did a hell of a good job at writing that series of novels. Yeah. And then Shadow and Bone is a really good and fun book series with high fantasy and magic. But only one of those two shows has a good Netflix adaptation. It's a series of unfortunate events. Don't watch The Shadow and Bone. NPH's performance in the show is fantastic yeah yeah we're not reviewing a series of unfortunate events though we've already watched it and we only do the first two episodes so you know rules so the second clue was fat hoochie fat hoochie prom queen yes and then the next clue is in the line the witch in the wardrobe but she doesn't even give the title of this book this time it's um well she didn't give a title of the last one either it was she literally says the words fat hoochie prom queen and that's the entire clue oh okay and also french pianism it was the title of that book too so the first two clues she gave the book title for this clue she says it's a story that is not set during christmas it's not a christmas story but santa makes an appearance and gives out weapons to all the children yeah so we both had different thoughts about santa showing up in like weapony stories i thought the dresden files which i shouldn't santa doesn't give any children weapons in dresden files i don't know my my problem also appears when uh Santa doesn't give weapons to children. He gives weapons to two wizards and a half vampire in the Dresden Files. Yeah, I just thought about Santa's appearances in like DC and Marvel comics because I would literally media I'd consumed earlier put that in my mind. But I was re- I restarted the Dresden Files a couple weeks ago, so nice, nice. That's where my brain was. But no, she she was talking about the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and then she's like, "And if you were anything like me, there was something about this scene that really bugged you." And he, he says out loud the fact that Santa gave an eight-year-old, an eight-year-old a knife. Yeah. And then in the next line in the book is, "If your problem was that Santa was giving eight-year-olds knives, then we can continue." Honestly, this book and I guess this season of the show, Dash and Lily's Book of Dares. Yes, is the book. Is really just here's a questionnaire. If you fill it out correctly, we can date. That's what this, that's what the show is. Yes. So then his next clue is that he'll find his clue in the most popular book in the... Sex and Sexuality. Sex and Sexuality. I couldn't remember what the full name was. And while he's looking through the books in Sex and Sexuality, he runs into his ex-girlfriend's friend, friend Priya. Priya. And they surprised that he's even in the city. And she's like, oh, everybody else is in Bora Bora. I I didn't expect to see you. He's like, oh, it's okay. My dad and I are going to Sweden. They're in rich people places. Yeah. My dad and I are going to Sweden tomorrow. And she's like, oh, why Sweden? And he's just like, oh, you know. And she's like, well, if you're going to be in town for New Year's Eve, I'm having a party. I'm sorry I didn't invite you. I I just didn't know you were going to be in town. He's like, nope, we'll be in Sweden. Not a problem. And then she notices the book he's holding. Well, before this, she mentions briefly why she's here, which is to pick up a book for her sister, who is really into reading and fantasy. And she also mentions that, I think the name was Stephanie, his, uh, assumedly his ex-girlfriend. Stephanie's not her name. I said assumedly, I could be wrong. Her name was Sophia. Okay, it's an S name. I don't care, it's generic and bland and I don't like her character. I can say that I've read the book. Look, just because you don't like her character doesn't mean you can just be like, her name is Stephanie. Yes, I can. I can say whatever I want about this. Her name is Sophia. So she says Sophia's going to be there, and he's just like, he kind of brushes past it. And when she sees the book he's holding, she asks if there's anything 
that she should tell Sophia because he is holding the joys of gay sex. Yes. And he looks at her, looks at another book. He's like, I'm trying new things. Tell her I'm trying new things. And then he gives her the line the witch in the wardrobe. He's like, hey, for your sister. She'll probably like this. Which honestly, let's be real. If her sister is like above the age of 10 and likes fantasy, there's no way she hasn't been exposed to C.S. Lewis yet. I mean, it's possible. I guess I would hope in 2022, well, 2020 when the show was made, if your early teens child was into fantasy, you'd be handing them something like Lev Grossman's Magicians, which is just based off of Narnia. Look, it's possible to have Narnia. not read Narnia. Like, Narnia, eh. I don't know. Narnia feels kind of, like, pivotal to the nerd fantasy culture. True, but I mean, also, if you're trying, like, if your parents control your reading or something, they're trying to actively avoid heavily religious tones. Or heavily terrible people. Yeah, like, just no, no Narnia for you, which is fine. It's kind of just an all right book series, actually. Not yeah. even great. I mean, Voyage of Don Shredder is specifically a great book. Yes, but the series is kind of mad. The first book, The Magician's Nephew, is by far my favorite of the books. Oh, really? Not Voyage? Yeah, because it's like its own little one-shot that is self-contained. It doesn't deal with the rest of the shit that the rest of the series does. I mean, Voyage is mainly centered around a mouse on a ship yeah, yeah, but selling to the edge of the world. True, but it still has other elements from the rest of the world involved. Magician's Nephew doesn't. Huh. So basically what we're saying is Narnia is at its best when it's not tied to the other stuff as much. Yeah, definitely. I remember when I was super excited about Narnia getting a movie. I never really was. Also, we should continue. Yeah. So yeah, he gives her the line of the in the wardrobe for her sister and she thanks him. And then the note inside of Joy's Gay Sex congratulates him on being clever, but tells him he also needs to be brave. And uh, thus, he has to do a dramatic reading. No, no, no. First, it tells him that he needs to be a straight white male who's a teenager. He doesn't say white. She she isn't racist. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I know, but like she instructs that if they're not straight, if they're not male, and if they're not a teenager, they should put this notebook back. Yes. Which honestly just seems kind of rude. I mean, yeah, what about the bisexual dudes? Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, like, okay, so you don't... Actually, it doesn't even say straight, because it does include bisexual dudes. Oh, yeah, it says if they're not... Into women, into yes. girls. Yeah, if they don't like girls. True, true. But I mean, yeah. like, still kind of shitty. It's just like... What if I did the what if I did this entire thing? Because I was just intrigued and I wanted to be your friend and I didn't want to fucking date you or anything. Then she's telling you you're wasting your time because she's not looking for friends right now. Yeah, which is which it's not shitty. Shitty would be to lead you on and be like, Oh yeah, that's fine. You can try to be I'm not looking for friends. I don't know. I, I just feel like I think it's shittier to try to lead somebody on even if like it's not in a romantic way. I don't know. I think it's just kind of dumb because you could actively find people that actually agree with your interest and could lead to actual good friendships, but she's too focused on romance. Yes, yes, she is. Which is dumb. Yes, she is. And it is dumb. I agree with that. But at least she's not trying to lead somebody on and be like, yeah, we could be friends. It's still dumb and I hate it. So the note says, you're obviously clever. You need to be brave. And it's like, you have to do a dramatic reading of this song. The song in question turns out to be River by Joni Mitchell, which is a song that Dash loves and Lily loves, obviously. And as he's doing the dramatic reading of this song, the info desk attendant comes up and pulls the plug out of the mic. Yes. And he's like, you have the last two words. It's the last two you just spoke, you just performed. Yeah. And that gives Dash the code, which says, are we going to be lonely on Christmas? Yeah. And then after that, which I don't... How was that message encoded if it had stuff after it that wasn't encoded? The entire point of this was to just to figure out the one message. At any point in this time, he could have gone forward into the book farther if he wanted to. Okay. Literally, it's, let's play a game. It's your choice whether or not you cheat. And let's play a game. And the real thing here, though, is this system only works as a fact check system at this point if he writes in the book, as far as we know. Yeah. So what that means is if he writes in the book and gets it wrong, no one else can really come through and do that 
as easily. Mm-hmm. Or even if he gets it right, there's no proof that he did the other stuff out loud. Well, also, it would imply that in the situation that if he was incapable of literally speaking about complete everything else in this, she also refuses to date him. That's ableist. Yeah. But um, we do know, actually, that there is a way for her to check on this because yes. the attendant is somehow involved, obviously, because he pulls the mind count and goes, you, those are the two yeah, words. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's in on it. But the book then asks him to leave a message telling her what he thinks of this time of year. And if she likes the response, maybe they'll get to know each other more through the notebook. And he takes the book and he goes up to the info desk attendant and he's like, hey, who is she? And she's like, I'm not going to tell you. Even if I knew, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I told her I wouldn't. And the attendant's like, well, you know, you got to put the book back, though, so someone else can play. And Dash doesn't. He just leaves with the notebook. Yep, he goes to a pizzeria that's close by to see his friend Boomer. Okay. I didn't even think about that. You know, this is where my brain was at the entire time Boomer was on screen. I was like, he's going to explode, isn't he? When Dash was like, what's the Boomer clan doing for the holiday? It was like trying not to literally blow up because Boomers are... Or type of zombie in Left for Dead? You get it? No, I don't get it. What's Left for Dead? So he goes to the pizzeria where Boomer is, and Boomer's like, "Hey, why didn't you tell me you're going to Sweden? Also, why didn't you tell me you're gay?" Yeah, you, you know I'm an ally, right? And then Dash is like, "Look, pre-rendered me. I lied about Sweden. I'm not gay." And then he explains the whole book thing to Boomer. And Boomer's just like, "Oh, okay." Yep, and then Boomer starts to come up with a plan. He's like, we should do a sting operation where we like get her to come in the pizza store and I can tell you who she is. Yes. And Dash just gets his pizza and then... A French movie about murder. Picks up a movie because the pizzeria also has a movie corner. And Boomer's like, oh, that looks good. What is it? And Dash goes, a depressing French film about murder. Yes. And then we see Dash entering in a very, very nice apartment in New York City. I would assume it's some type of um, penthouse because the elevator goes right up into the room. Yeah. And then an alarm starts going off. So he calls his dad, who is apparently also not there. He's like, hey, did you change the alarm code? Yeah, no, no, I'm staying with mom. I just... You know, in case I wanted a quiet place to read. Yes, or a place to bring a girl. His dad gives him the code. He puts it in. The alarm stops. I don't know how his dad didn't figure out what was going on already. It's New York. There's a lot of background noise. That's actually a very good point. So it turns out his dad is also out of town for Christmas. Yes, and clearly well off. So he's just staying by himself at his dad's house. Drinking brandy, eating pizza, watching shitty movies. I don't know if they're shitty. They're foreign films. Yeah, I don't know either. I was just assuming everything I've learned about his character... It's shitty. He liked Narnia and, so still, and still seems to like Narnia into his late teenage years. We don't know if he still likes the books. He could just have fond I memories. Said seems to. Anyways, while watching this movie, he has a flashback about the night him and Sophia broke up because she was moving to Brazil. Yeah, because her dad had a new job there. Yeah. Well, his job was now taking him there. He seemed to have the same job. He just moves around. Yeah. In the notebook, he then writes about how December Christmas time is the most detestable time of year. And how he hates it. He then writes his own clues that center around the film section of the pizzeria because him and Boomer are going to set up a sting. Mm -hmm. They set up a sting, but Boomer sees her leave the pizzeria, but he's busy during lunch rush. And he he sees the notebook has been dropped off on the shelf, but she is leaving. He sees someone leaving and he assumes it's her. Yep. In the notebook, she congratulates Dash on his attempt of finding out who she was. But it won't be that easy. If he wants to learn more about her, it needs to be in the book. And if if he wants to learn her name, he'll have to do something for it. A dare. A dare. Yep. So we don't really find out what the dare is here. Mm -hmm. I assumed, based on what we see, the dare was to steal Santa's hat from Macy's Santa's land. Yes, because we see him and Boomer outside Macy's Santa land. And the only real dialogue we get before that is from boomer saying just don't hurt santa and then we see dash land in the snow inside macy's santa land and then being kicked out by an elf and a security guard yes but he has santa's hat and it has her name stitched in it her name is lily Mm -hmm. and after we see the name we cut back the night of december 17th and we see the girl bumping into dash 
And we are now on Lily's voiceover as she joins the group of carolers. And she was one of the singers in the caroler group. In fact, when she starts singing, Dash actually looks back at the caroler group and he goes, well, at least somebody can remember the lyrics. And they make eye contact. And that's the end of the episode. Yes. He, he also said that in his original narration. Yeah. We just didn't worry about it. No, because it's not important during his part because, yeah. until it becomes important in the flashback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the girl bumping into him was obviously important because it's the only time we actually see someone at this point in the intro physically interact with him. That's fair. I'm still super down for the show, just my opinion. It's an ARG rom-com, so literally amazing. It's easy, just based on this one episode, to see why this show has a near-perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes, if True. not still a perfect score. I know at one point it literally had a perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes, which is yeah. insane. Yeah. I'm actually going to go check on that right now. But yeah, no, the show is just well put together. The dialogue for everyone is actually really, really good and just easy and flows well. It still has a 100 audience score. Makes sense. But dialogue-wise, now, wait. It's average thermometer is 100%. Yeah, the audience score is 68%, which is weird, but the thermometer is mm. at 100. Weird. The thermometer is made out of critic score. So all, all okay, 34 critic reviews of this show are like, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, and it is. Audience scores are down at 68, so, I mean, mm. people the- have bad tastes. The most like we said about the show in a negative light, I guess, is that it's very much a teenage rom-com movie by which Dash comes across a bit edgy. Yeah. But that's basically it. That's the worst I'd say this has going for it. My biggest complaint about this series- Well, that and his father's extremely rich and he's well off and I hate him for that, but that's not- that's not a valid critique. I mean, yeah, it is. <laughs> Fuck the rich? I mean, yeah, but like shows and movies about rich people and rich people problems True, true. are just disconnected from your average person. Yeah, and then even in the next episode we see that, obviously, Lily's more well-off than she should be. Yeah. But anyways, my biggest issue with this is that it's 2022 now, and we haven't heard word on word from Netflix if it's getting a season two. Oh, uh. It's got two more books, though, Justice. It's not getting it. It didn't get enough views. There's actual stuff that talk about this. Rest in peace, Dash and Lily. I'm pretty sure it's not getting a second season because it just didn't get enough views on people. Not enough people watched it, and that's what Netflix cares about. They generally don't actually care about how well it's received, just if people watch it. It's only when it's received absolutely horribly, and there's a lot of stuff about it that they will cancel stuff. I'm upset that this didn't get to season two when it has the source material for two more seasons, but that... Squid Games, even though it doesn't have the source material for two more things, and has a, another season. And has a decent, like, ending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Season one, episode two is entitled Lily, which we knew it was going to be entitled Lily because the first episode was entitled Dash and the show is called Dash and Lily. Yeah. Also, a very common thing when these two authors write together is it seems like one of them writes for one character and the other writes for the other because there's generally a different writing style per character mm-hmm. and they pass off and we get this person chapter, this person chapter. There might be a subtitle for the chapter sometimes. Yeah. But I also think or hope that's kind of how we're going to do the show. Well, like, so I don't know how you can co-write a book in any other way than do it by passing back and forth. I know writers do. Because, like, There's James S.A. Corey, the writer of The Expanse, which the ninth book in that series just came out as the final book in that series. The last season just finished filming. Like The Expanse is done but it's also amazing like james s.a Corey is two people and they write together wasn't it was two people it's still two people james s.a Corey is still two people at least as of a week ago mm-hmm. what, what book series was two people and then one of them stopped working on it but they split their right no idea mm. also good omens yeah but like i don't have a question on how neil gaiman can write it with another person neil gaiman's just literally the physical embodiment of writing made manifest also, he's written comics where you write stories with other people. 
Yeah, I mean, that too, but, like, he's also literally the best author to ever grace pages with words. I don't know about that, but I'm also not going to disagree with it, so. Yeah, because it's it's true. Anyways, episode two opens with Lily talking about Christmas is the greatest time of year. It's when her parents met each other. It's when her grandparents met each other. It's It's when her her brother met his boyfriend. They they broke up, but that's when they met each other. And she's so excited because Christmas is a special time for the family. It's all about love. Yeah, it's all about love and spending time with each other. And her parents are going on a honeymoon slash vacation to... I don't know where it it doesn't say. So while she's talking about this, she says she hasn't met anyone, but that's fine, though. And she still hopes for it. And we see this whole interaction because she talks about how she had a fantasy of meeting a guy at the Strand. And there's just this guy picking up a book and she starts rambling about how, well, if you like that book, you'll like this book and this book and this book. And, you know, all the best books and stories are set in New York City. That's definitively wrong. True, but that's what she says. And the guy's eventually just like, I'm picking this up for a class. In fact, I don't think a single book in my top 10 list is set in New York City. None of mine are. Hmm. Intriguing how wrong she is. So then we got to her and she's like, because after she's talking about the love life there and she's like, it's fine that I don't have a love life though because I have my family. And then she walks into her apartment and her parents are packing their bags to go to Fiji for their honeymoon because they never had a real one. Fiji, that's right. And then she's like, well, at least grandpa's still here. And he's going to Florida because um his lady friend, but not girlfriend. His girlfriend. His girlfriend. He's an old he's an old guy. He's just not going to admit it. Mabel in Florida, she, she needs him for something. He'll bring back some oranges, though. So she's like, at least my brother and I can still do Christmas traditions. Like, go see the lights or something. I don't remember exactly what the thing was. And he's like, yeah, no, I just got a match on Grindr. Uh, got a date. Need Could you out of the apartment, please? Yeah. Bye. There was a brief moment that was actually a like decent juxtaposition because she talks about how her brother, whose name we get is Langston. I never heard it, heard his name once. They mention it here because she also mentions her aunt, Miss Mabel E. Miss something. I don't know. It was Mabel. Mabel someone else. Her aunt calls her an old soul, and her brother says she's too cool for anyone her age. Yeah, and this is stated while she's on the subway train, and it's juxtaposed with her reading a book and all the other people her age listening to things on their phones looking at their phones or showing each other like memes or shows i don't know honestly justice doesn't know he doesn't know what memes are he's like i guess when they're showing their phones to each other that has to be memes right like what else do you show people on your phone right because they're not holding it out long enough for them to like be watching a video or some shit it's just like here look at this thing and then takes phone back it's just like but what are you doing i read books on subway trains that's a lie i don't use subway trains what's a subway what's what's decent public transit look like no one in America can answer that question. I think Chicago and New York have better, like better, but I wouldn't call them decent. Maybe by American standards, but our our transportation systems are fucked. Anyways, so the cut scenes a little bit, and she comes running back into the apartment, and mm-hmm. she's super excited, and she bursts into her brother's room because she wants to tell him that she's got a caroling group together. And in her excitement, she comes into her brother being railed. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. I couldn't remember if he was on the. If he was on the, the yeah, one... Yeah, 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 he is. Okay. And it's just awkward, and she bails out of the room immediately, but no one's happy in that scenario. But afterwards, he comes to talk with her, and honestly, all of the scene reminds me of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. All like, of it. Mm-hmm. They're just talking, and she's explaining that she has a caroling group, and she's going to do some stuff, and he's just like, okay. But he's like, who's all in your caroling group? And she starts naming... She's like, you know, just neighbors, and starts naming people. He's like, are you hanging out with adults again? <laughs> Yes, and it's great. It feels like a Wallace line from Scott Pilgrim for referring it to Scott Pilgrim. He's like, get out, close the door. You didn't see anything. Go, go. True. Which is just very Wallace. She's like, but adults, they're easier to talk to because they actually read. They don't judge me for what I wear. Yes. 
And then they're just talking, and she asks her brother about the new guy, whose name is Benny, and her brother is just like, I really like him. He's a dancer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, well, she, he's, he's like, a- I really like him. My brain was immediately like, oh, he really likes him. He's going to need you to move out now. Yeah. <laughs> and then she, he's like, he's a dancer. And she's like, oh, that's really nice. Well, he's a barista right now. She's like, you like coffee? <laughs> and then they're talking, and she's just like, they. she mentions that, you know, she thought about meeting a guy like at the Strand or some shit. He's just like, well, you could still do that because they get there from like a fucking notebook that they've had. Yeah, she has some notebooks on her bed. They're red notebooks that her, their aunt used to get them, so they could write out their feelings. And he's like, "Yeah, I've never, I've never written more than like two words in any of these." Yeah, I don't know how you kept with it. She's like, "Well, whenever it's easier, I, in whenever here. I can't say something out loud, I just write it in here." He's like, "Oh, that's what you can do. You can just write, use this to find yourself a boyfriend." Yeah, and in comes his new boyfriend Benny and right. comes his new Benny and Benny's immediately on board she's like what are we doing oh we're gonna use this notebook to get my sister a new boyfriend and she's like I'm in this sounds great full commitment immediately and so they go through and the main person behind the idea of this is her brother Langston and his boyfriend Benny they're just like we can use these books and stuff and she's just like yeah they come up with the first wave of clues in the book yeah they're the ones that put the sex and sexuality thing that's a Benny contribution because he's mainly just confused that it's in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, uh, French Pianism, like all of that is them. That Lucci prom queen. Yeah, all of that is them. The only thing that she contributes to this first set of clues is the song River by Joni Mitchell. Yes, which means she's also the one that probably includes that it needs to be sang out loud, which means she's the one that includes the fact that the person has to be able to speak. I like how you're just on this Lily as an ableist <laughs> train. Like, you're, you're Look, I actually have nothing wrong with this book at all. Like, I legit have no problems with this show, but I noticed something that I can make fun of, so I will. <laughs> I think if he had been mute, I think they would have still figured something out. Would they have? Yeah, probably. I don't think so. Because then he also couldn't do that thing later where he has to talk to Santa because he can't talk to Santa. I think that, I think it could have worked. So they make the notebook and we see her put it on the shelf. And then we see just a hectic montage of her doing Christmas stuff. Yeah, she's trying to keep the holiday. kind of felling by herself. Yeah, she's trying to just keep the holiday traditions going without anybody else. She's pulling a Christmas tree in and breaking everything with it. She's trying to bake Christmas cookies and she burns them. And, and as that's happening, her phone gets a text message and it says from Cousin Mark. So Mark's the bookstore attendant. Mm-hmm, and he's just like, you got to buy. I didn't see that. My bad. I mean, I saw the, the text messages. I didn't see the part that it was Cousin Mark. Mm-hmm. Anyways, she goes and picks up the notebooks and she starts reading it. And then she gets to the point. She's super happy with everything so far. Yeah. And then she gets to the part where he hates Christmas. Well, he's like, I can really tell we have a lot in common. And I, you like you, this thing. I like this thing. It's really, great. You really intrigue me. And I think I can be honest with you and share this with you because I think we're kindred souls. Christmas is the worst. It's the most detestable time of year. So then we get a repeat of her storming into his brother's room. Where this time, they don't appear to be hooking up. They just appear to be post-coital. Yeah. And she just yells, he hates Christmas. And Benny pops on. He's like, what are we talking about? I got a bite in the notebook. And he then sits up immediately. She's like, let's talk about this. Whereas her brother's just like, get out. Yeah, her brother's like, I have zero fucks to give about this. Just please leave. And Benny's like, this is the most interesting thing I've done all day. Including your brother. He's not very interesting. This, though, this is dope. Yeah. And Benny's like, give it a try anyways. Like, just because yeah. he doesn't like Christmas doesn't mean that you guys can't be together. And then <laughs> she looks at her brother and he's just like, don't. Love's either there or it's not. Don't worry about it. And she's just like, I thought you were going to say to give it another chance. She's like, nope, now go. But she, instead of like doing any of that, she goes out caroling with her caroling group as a way to ignore the notebook. But after like one or two songs, the caroling group's like, you know what? New York, winter, too cold. Fuck this. <laughs> 
Yeah. And so she's trying to get them to go to other places. She's like, but look at all these places we could go. We could go see a Pixar movie or... Or uh, we could go get hot chocolate or whatever. And they're all walking away and she's like, we could go to a bar? And then the main adult here that she talks to... Yeah. She talks to her in the first episode and she seems to have the most interaction with her. It turns out she's just like, look, I get it. Teenagers suck. I didn't have a large social circle when I was a kid. But you got to get out of your bubble. And Lily's just like, what bubble? And the woman just goes, look at your map. It's literally just like a circle of an area. And she's like, oh, yeah. So she ends up going home and is forced to face the notebook. And she ends up reading it and then following Dash's Mm -hmm. instructions because he left his own stuff in the notebook. Yes. So we see her back at the pizza place dropping it off where we get a voiceover from him. But we also see where like the pizzeria is compared to her bubble. Yes. And it's like four blocks outside of her bubble. And we also get Dash's instructions on it, which were... Go to the place on the menu because he put a menu in the book, apparently. Mm-hmm. And put it next to the saddest Christmas movie you can find. And she leaves it next to Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. Yes. A definitively not sad Christmas movie. Yeah. And then she leaves. Um, we're supposed to think that's the end because that's what happened in the first episode. But Boomer actually catches her and he's just like, you're the notebook girl. What a twist! Anyways, in a twist that I actually didn't see coming, but Justice definitely did because you read the book as a cheater. I read the book years ago. It's not my fault. They made a show about it now. Boomer catches up with her. And the two of them go in the pizzeria and have a mm-hmm. talk. And he's like, why'd you leave it next to Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? This movie isn't depressing. And she's like, yeah, it is. You think the forestry service is going to care that it was probably the grandma's fault that she got ran over? No, they're going to kill the reindeer anyways. Reindeer are herbivores. They never, like, actively attack them. I'm just sitting here like, hell no. Herbivores attack people all the fucking time. Honestly, aren't reindeers, like, legitimately dangerous in the wild? Like, reindeer, moose, moose yeah. deer? Like, to be fair, moose are just, like... Yeah, no, like... If you've not seen, like, a picture of a moose next to, like, a normal car, you don't have an actual concept for how big moose are, unless you've seen yeah. a moose in real life. Look, just straight up animal can be dangerous it doesn't matter whether it eats meat or not moose are like the size of pickup trucks they're terrifying they weigh like close to a thousand pounds if not more yeah look hippos don't really eat meat hippos will murder you with no hesitation rhinos same thing elephants in a rhino's defense it's because they can't see shit and they just assume anything that comes near that isn't a rhino is a threat yeah elephants can murder you no problem it's like they have giant things that can be used to knock down a tree also reindeer definitely have murdered somebody sometime at some point yeah so i mean like it's not true that they won't hurt someone they probably didn't do it on purpose but i also assume from the way she's talking about she's never seen grandma got ran over by a reindeer yeah because it's in like the whole plot hook like her special cookies or coffee or some shit smells really attractive to reindeer she forgot to take her medicine and so as she's walking home on christmas eve she kind of gets lost and then the smell of her thermos draws the reindeer and they run her over i don't think that she forgot to take her medicine she forgot her medicine at the store was going to get it on the way back got hit Uh, and then she doesn't remember anyone because she doesn't have her medicine to be fair there might be more than one version of this movie this is just the version i watched multiple times it hey that dvd copy looked like the vhs cover of the one we had when we were kids okay cool so there are other versions that looked like the right one but anyways it's not sad and boomer questions her. she's like what do you mean it's sad so she explains all that and then she starts asking about dash what type of person is she doesn't know his name though she's like yeah your friend your friend because her cousin described him as snarly Snarly. and he's just like i wouldn't say that my my mom my mom says finicky and then he's just like look dash has walls lots and lots of walls at least four of them so he can have a house yeah i don't think he says dash has name i think he says he yeah he has walls yeah but when you get past them he's like the most loyal friend you could ever have trust me she's like but how can i trust you you were involved in this thing he's like well you came in at lunch hour it gets really busy i probably just didn't, didn't see, see you, you drop off the notebook yep. and so she's like okay he's like you gotta give him something though and she's like you said he doesn't like christmas right well what if i made him indulge in the christmas spirit so then we cut back to macy's Santa Land. 
and we find out that he was only supposed to go up to Santa and ask for her name. But first he has to get past the elf guard and... Well, the amusing thing here first is him and Boomer are talking and Josh says something like, <laughs> he kind of like seems to chuckle and he's like, she just wants to make me suffer because I tried to yeah. do that. And he's like, maybe she just wants you to get in the mood of the holiday experience. She's like, look, Boomer, I think I know her better than you do. <laughs> yeah. So he's trying to talk to the elf guard and the elf's like, look kids 12 and under he's like well i'm 11 and he was like look do i have to tell people that you guys are discriminated against teenagers am i gonna have to call security and then boomer comes up and he's like hey didn't i see, see you, you on in, in law and order uh, you were you were um um the the the, the murder uh and then the elf cuts and he's like i was the murdered body and he's like you were that was that was fantastic and kind of drags away and they start talking about that yeah because he makes a fairly decent assumption of being that the guy dressed as an elf either my assumptions given that it's new york either he actually works here and is being forced to do this or he is a uh, up-and-coming actor and everybody who's ever been an actor has been on law and order at some point and been a dead body yep so boomer distracts the elf so dash can get through and dash cuts to the very front of the line and he's like I'm here for our mutual friend, and Santa's like, oh yeah, come up and sit on my lap. And Yeah, Dash because is like, uh, he shows him the red notebook, because that was part of his instruction. Yeah, and Dash is like, I don't think so, I just really, I just... Tell me her name? Yeah, and so eventually Santa pulls Dash up and has him sit on his lap. But we, we do learn here real quick, because he asks Santa if he knows who he's talking about. He's like, yeah, it's right up here. If he yeah. knows her name, he's like, right up here. And he's like, in your head? No, on my hat. Yeah. And so he gets Dash to sit on his lap. And then he like is grabbing Dash very tightly, probably leaving bruises. By the back of the neck. And he's like, look. Assaulting this child. Mm -hmm. I don't want a snarly guy dating our mutual friend here. I care about her a lot. Promise me you won't hurt her. And Dash is like, you're hurting me right now. Yeah. And they kind of say that back and forth. And then Dash says it louder. And it draws other people's attention. And the parents like gasp. And he's like, just tell me your name. or I'm going to tell all these kids that your breath smells like bourbon. And then the guy's just like, I'm six years sober, you brat, or some shit like that. Yeah. It devolves into what I would call Christmas carnage. Yes. The elf runs up to take him and with security, and Dash grabs Santa's hat. And a kid yells, he stole Santa's hat. Mm -hmm. And then he's chased through the Winter Wonderland area. Where he's eventually knocked on his back because all the guards were forced to take capoeira lessons this year. Well, what's better is before that, he's basically pinned up against a tree, pinned towards a yeah, tree. Yeah. And he's trying to hold them back with a giant candy cane. Being like, look, just let me go. Acting like he's a dangerous fucking weapon. And then the elf takes him down. He's like, look, all the elves had to learn capoeira this year. Yep. So we he, get outside. We, he finds her name. We already saw that Well, part. he switches Santa's hat with another hat those by the ground mm -hmm. and that's where he gets the hat and is forced out yep we find out her name is lily which we did at the end of last episode and that's pretty much all of this yeah dash real quick asks boomer to do something for him we don't see what it is but it's taking the hat back in not necessarily because they don't necessarily say that but he but we see the guy later and he has the hat no he has his outfit in a bag okay i thought he had that too no he just asked boomer to do something for him okay which assumedly because Oh, he, Boomer, but he definitely he, took the notebook back yeah, in. Yeah, because he says he can't come back in. Yeah. And then we basically cut to that scene where the guy who was playing Santa, Uncle Sal, yep, Uncle Sal, Lily calls him, has the notebook now. Yep. And he's like, look, I don't like him. I don't think your grandpa would like him either. And she takes the notebook anyways, and Dash wrote in the notebook that he'd follow the rules from now on, and that if either of them wanted to ask any questions, it'd be at the cost of a dare. Mm -hmm. Then he asks what she wants for Christmas, giving her an opportunity to give him another dare. And the two of them are in their separate beds, separate apartments across the town, singing along to the same song. It's a christmas E song, but I don't think it's a Christmas song specifically. Yeah, it doesn't really feel very Christmas-y. It mentions Christmas, christmas in the song, but I don't know if that makes it a... Like, how Die Hard is set at Christmas, but that doesn't necessarily make it a Christmas movie. Unless you ask, like, any traditional dad ever, and it's just like, oh, it's my favorite Christmas movie. Just like, or, like, how on, Lethal man. Weapon is set during Christmas, but isn't really a Christmas movie. Is Lethal 
Weapon? Is that around Christmas? Yeah. Huh. I don't like the Lethal Weapon movies. Fight me. I don't think like mentioning Christmas or being set around Christmas makes you a Christmas thing. Yeah. And then from there, during this time, we get glimpses of other people and... Yeah, her brother finds the Christmas cookies she made and him and his boyfriend are like... Cuddling uh, up on a roof in the snow. Yeah. Eating cookies. Eating cookies. Uh, which they did that as like a weird after credit scene. Like a credit popped up and then it immediately cut to them and then we got more credits afterwards. Yeah, it was weird. It was, like it, a, it was a weird choice. It was like a slide of credits and then gone. I was like, what? Yep. Okay. I assume though the reason reason why lily's name is in the santa hat is because she probably like decorated it or made it for her uncle yeah yeah definitely like otherwise it just doesn't make sense why she would write that in the hat specifically for or if they were one of those families because we know they really celebrate christmas that have specialized hats for each other mm, yeah and then she just rolled the fur up more that makes sense anyways what are your thoughts on the show i really enjoy it i'm probably gonna watch the rest of it later today uh, i might buy the audiobooks and listen to them at work next week do it you just want me to buy the other two audiobooks true i never got to the third one it wasn't out yet and then i kind of forgot because i do that sometimes uh yeah so i thought this was very good it's very charming i love the idea of an arg rom-com like that is just agreed top tier i you don't have to tell me twice i'm here for it if you had just been like from the beginning hey josh this is an arg rom-com i'd been like yes Although, to be fair, I wasn't like, no, ever anyways. You were like, we should do Dash and Lily. And I was like, you're like, I read the book. It was very good. I was like, okay, yeah. You're like, it was by David Levithan. I was like, oh, I really like David Levithan. We should do that. And then we found, then we saw Santa Inc. And we're like, oh, this is brand new. This is probably better for search engine optimization. Yay, SEO fucked us. And we're like, yeah, let's do, let, let's optimize for SEO. It was a bad idea. I regret it. So now we're extending Christmas to January because, not because we're one of those people, I think we're the least, least likely to keep Christmas lights up into January people. I mean, I feel like we didn't have Christmas lights up at all. Yeah, that's true. We're not the type of people that that extend the Christmas spirit into January. I'm not the person to really have Christmas spirit or holiday spirits ever. Fair points. But this show deserves a little extra Christmas time. Yeah. This sh- and this show definitely deserves a watch. The dialogue is great. The camera work isn't anything over the top because it doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. It works well. And its transition shots are well done. And I actually really like the opening pan through the bookstore. Mainly because they show some really nice bookshelves. Which sounds like a weird statement, but when you're zooming in along the fucking median bar dividing shelves and it looks nice, yeah. congratulations. I will also add on that um, maybe if all of you watch Dash and Lily, Netflix will change their mind. Probably not. But we best can hope. Ca- best case scenario, there's like 30 of you listening right now. So if there's 30 of you listening, let's let's just go with that. I need all of you to watch it a hundred times. And it's not a lot. I need all of you to watch it a hundred times, preferably if you can on different accounts. Oh, actually, if you just watch it on different profiles, Netflix counts that as different views. Well, I-, I meant different profiles. So make a profile, watch it. Get rid of a profile, make a new profile, watch it again. Did you know you can buy Netflix profiles? Oh, sorry, Netflix accounts off the dark web for a dollar a piece. Now, I don't suggest you go to the dark web, but I also can't tell you what to do on your own time. Yeah, I, it's not a dollar a month. It's just a dollar a piece. Like It's because they're selling accounts that people already use. Yeah. It's how if you've ever accidentally seen like it seems someone else has different ac- access to your Netflix or you've ever seen a new profile pop up. It's because they actually do have your account login and uh, they just have access to your Netflix. Yeah. I've heard some good stories about that. I've heard some bad stories. The best stories I've heard is just like, yeah, no, the guy who watches my Netflix, I don't know how he has it, but he like adds things to my watch list that I think I like. And this guy makes great fucking suggestions. So, Honestly, would pay for that service. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, but you know what? If that sounds like a service that sounds interesting to you, you know what you could do? You could instead subscribe to Copilot's Review and leave us a review and rating, which you can now rate us on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Who knew Spotify introduced a rating system as of last month? Yeah. And if you leave a review... 
You can talk about all the things you love about us, which should be everything, but hey, who knows? Or you can talk about the things that you don't think we do right. And then from there, maybe, probably not, but maybe we'll tell you the podcast to be more to your liking. And then you could have more shows that interest you that you would know to watch or to avoid. He's got a point. But if you want to contact us directly and maybe tell us something that you'd like to see us review... That's the thing you can do. We have options, such as our Twitter account, at CopilotsReview. Or you can email us at copilotsreview.gmail.com. Or you can find both of those, as well as a link to our Discord and to our Spotify, iTunes, etc., 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 at copilotsreview.simplecast.com. Thank you for flying with us, and please, fly again soon. Have yourself a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Maybe not the Happy New Year. It's, it's still pandemic season ever. Ever, ever, ever. Also, it's January 2nd, so I'm either really early or really late. Happy holidays!